You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, joined as always by Doug Moore on the other side of this uh, very fancy Skype line that we've got going here. And uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking AFC South. We're going to be joined by the one and only Field Yates of ESPN. So looking forward to getting him on in just a little minute. That there, It should be fun. Excited about that, Doug? Oh, extremely excited. I, I can I can happily say that that uh, I had a part in getting him on and, and uh, Field is, it's actually, is a guy... It's actually no. I was going to say it's the first guest that you organized. It is the second guest you organized. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought you were going yeah. to say no. Not excited about this one at all. Uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I can't. I can't be sarcastic about it when no, uh, when, when it when it. I can't downplay this at all. This is extremely exciting. Uh, I remember Field when he he was. Uh, oh God, I think he was doing ESPN Boston way back when, and that's when I first heard about him. I think he did it with Mike Rodak, who used to write for about the Patriots as well. Who now writes for the Bills? And um, no, this is extremely exciting. He's he's literally one of the best guys in the industry, dabbling in now in fantasy football, but already was one of the bigger uh, insiders in football in general. So I, I I can't hide my excitement for this. Yeah, and obviously when we were finishing last week's show, I mentioned that my stag party was last weekend for the U.S. listeners. That is the bachelor party, <laughs> and um, you might even hear it in my voice still. It really took a toll on me. Um, Two days of uh, continued alcohol drinking is not recommended for anybody who uh, wants to have a good week following it. <laughs> <laughs> you only you only get married once, hopefully, right? Yeah, well, that's the that's the plan anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so hopefully that's how it goes. Um, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, I always like to plug at the start, iTunes, Stitcher, all the ways you can listen to it. You can stream it on OvertimeIreland.com. So if you're listening, make sure if it's the first time here in the show, you do hit that subscribe button, come back. We've uh, all, we've had a great run of guests, and now we're going to continue that throughout the entire 2016 season. And I mentioned we're going to do AFC South here tonight. Um, we've gone through all the divisions apart from we have the NFC North left to do, and we'll be doing that next week. So uh, if you want to go back and see uh, some of the, the talk we've done with some great guests over the last couple of weeks with guys like Evan Sylvan. Uh, last week we had the, the fantasy football contrarian uh, Sean Siegel on. So it's just been a, a great run and uh, it's going to continue tonight with Phil Yates. So uh, just want to give a plug as well before we start for uh, I have a competition going on the at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. There's a, an NCAA game coming up here in Ireland. Uh, it's taking place in the Viva Stadium in Dublin and, and that's between Boston College and Georgia Tech. So I'll be going but I have uh, media passes and I've bought two tickets which I'll be giving away to uh, some Overtime Ireland listeners on that Twitter feed. So get involved, give it a retweet, and uh, we'll get the tickets out to somebody this next week. Obviously, if you're living in America, it's probably a bit late to buy uh, flights over. It might be expensive, but sure. Who the hell cares? Uh, give uh, give some support to the OTI brand uh, as we are uh, trying to develop things here, heading in to the 2016 season. So with all that there done, we'll get into uh, talking with Bill Yates. OTI is also linked with NFL Euroshop. Their website can be found at europe.nflshop.com. They have all the NFL's official merchandise heading into the 2016 season. Some great offers on there as well. And of course, we have an exclusive for OTI listeners. You get 10% off all orders on their website. Even if it is already discounted, you'll get a further 10% off. And all you have to do is go to their website, put in the code at checkout OTI10. That is OTI10 with no spaces. Uh, and you'll get a further 10% off all products at NFL Euroshop. And that is europe.nflshop.com. Promo code OTI10.
Absolutely delighted now to be joined on the show. I know uh, I do mention a lot of our shows that we are kind of blessed here to have such fantastic guests on a weekly basis. But this guy here kind of, you know, might be taking the cake at the moment. Uh, coming from ESPN, you might have seen him on Sports Center. Writes as uh, an insider on ESPN.com, and of course he is co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast with Matthew Berry. You might have heard of him as well. But it is Mr. Field Yates. Uh, thanks for jumping aboard the show, Field. Hey, glad to do it, guys. Always a lot of fun. This is a fun time of year. We've got. Just three weeks left as yeah. of re- this yeah. recording until the regular season, which is a nice time where 32 teams have hope, um, even if some of those aren't so realistic for the 2016 season. Yeah, and you just you just mentioned it's three weeks. I have mentioned this on this podcast a number of times. Uh, my wedding is actually the Saturday off NFL Week 1, so it's actually three weeks to that as well. So every time I hear how close the uh, the regular season is, I really feel how close that is as well. So everything's speeding up. Hey, congratulations! Here. Yeah. That's great news. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's getting very very close. So um, we're heading in. We're talking all things uh, um, AFC South. We did the NFC South last week, but bit of uh, news over the last kind of uh, two to three days is Doriel Greenback. I'm ending up with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in that trade. We'll start off with Tennessee. Anything you know was it was a shocker to me, and although Daryl Greenbeckham hasn't been getting his kind of things clicking into gear from on the field, field. Uh, what do you think uh, off this trade in general? Well, I've, I've been surprised. I mean, I get it, but I've also been a little bit surprised by the flack that Tennessee has been taking uh, taking for this trade. I mean, first of all, let's keep this in mind: this was not the regime that drafted Doral Green Beckham. And there are times where I feel like if news breaks at a certain time of the year, uh, it can impact the way that that news is analyzed. And we're not in a quiet period of the NFL, but the Doral Green Beckham news was at the time it was announced, the lead story of the day in the NFL. Now, this is a player who flashed some ability last year, 32 catches, I believe it was, and over 17 yards per catch. Um, he's not Jerry Rice though. And the Tennessee Titans don't have all day to wait around for every single young player on their roster to come around. And we know that Doyle Green Beckham's talent isn't the question, but there have some been some questions about off field behavior and some of the other factors that go in success on the football field. So I get it from both sides. It's an easy one for Philadelphia. It's a low risk, uh, medium to high uh, reward. And from Tennessee, you know, don't look at it as a player that was taken as a second rounder last year. Look at it as a player that wasn't going to be in the long-term plans in exchange for a reserve offensive lineman. And guys, the offensive line play in the NFL is bad right now. We saw it a lot last year. If you can get a player that you think is going to be on your 53-man roster and probably dress every week, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's a strange one um, just to give up so quick, but he is a very raw player and just didn't seem to be fitting into the system. You mentioned it's not the same regime, so I can see why they have made the move. We're going to start off, though, rather than with the Titans. We're going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, and we're going to start off with Andrew Luck. Obviously, last season wasn't something that he's going to look back on all that fondly, finish the season uh, on IR with that injury. and He's coming back in, though, and he's, by all accounts, he's not getting a lot of, you know, there's no rave reviews of what he's doing in camp, but he seems to be trying to get back to where he was in those er- first two years of his time in the NFL do you see luck just coming back in and really bouncing back uh, you know with the wide receiver core they have or do you think uh, maybe last year might be a, a shadow of things to come for Andrew Luck yeah I think that he gets back closer to what he was in 2014 than 2015 yeah. and to be candid guys I think there's a lot of room for up uh, for growth for Andrew Luck I'm not saying that he isn't a great quarterback he deserves 
all of the money he's going to make in this new extension. But I think it's important to remember that you know 2015 was was incredibly forgettable for Andrew Luck. But you know 2014 was good. But turnovers have been have been an area of concern for Andrew Luck throughout his career. He's got to be better. He's got to be tighter with the football. And I think the things that are working against Andrew Luck this year is the roster around him isn't great. I still have questions about the offensive line. The running game will be steady with Frank Gore. It always is, but it's not explosive. The good news is that if you look at his pass catchers, I think he's got four guys he can really rely on. T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, Dwayne Allen, and Philip Dorsett in that order. And they're all familiar faces. It feels like every year Andrew Luck's been indoctrinating a new wide receiver or multiple new wide receivers this year. Finally, it's the same group of guys, minus Kobe Fleener and Andre Johnson, but it's easier to subtract guys and keep continuity than it is to add guys and keep continuity. Yeah, so Field, when we, you know, you, you brought up earlier the, the run game and, you know, how Frank Gore is going to be back there again this year. Uh, came in last year as a big free agent acquisition uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. I kid, I kid, he came from the 49ers. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, he didn't do as well as maybe some had hoped. I think he finished with below four yards of carry, but I think some of that can be blamed on the offensive line play, like you said, and then also Andrew Luck just not being in there. And then, you know, obviously they, they're not as intimidated by the passing attack when you go from uh, Andrew Luck to, to Matt Hasselback. Do you expect it all a bounce back for Frank Gore, considering that they haven't done much uh, to add to their depth? They have Josh Ferguson in there. Um but really, they haven't done much. I, I know that I think Robert Turbin is in there as well, but he uh, was actually just uh, – I think he's dealing with a legal issue right now as well that could possibly end up with some uh, some time away from the game uh, by suspension perhaps. What do you make of the run game? Do you think Frank Gore, in terms of fantasy at least, do you think he's a guy that you could target – um, you know, maybe as a, as a running back three, but he could end up being a running back two. I mean, do you think he does better than he did last year if if Luck sees healthy with the additions they've also made on their offensive lines? I think I think he'll be a little bit better than last year, but it's important to remember that even though he was just okay last year, less than a thousand rushing yards and only six rushing touchdowns, he still finishes, I believe, running back eleven or twelve in standard scoring yeah. last year. So he needs to be just about where he was to merit. You know, depending on the size of your league, RB1 or RB2 status. Um, you know, I, I don't see – it's not as if I see him you know, becoming more athletic or if I see the offensive line being strides better this year. I just think that Frank Gore is a pretty good bet for 250 carries this year. And we know this because we see it every year, at least of late. It's hard to find guys that are going to carry the football 250 or 275 times in the NFL – Frank Gore may be 33. I believe he is the oldest running back in football, at least among starting running backs. But yet, he's still a pretty solid bet to carry the football as much as he did last year. I just think it's going to have to be more of a, you know, sort of just grind it out running game as opposed to, you know, one cut, plant your foot, go and dash 70 yards like we might see somewhere like in Houston. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, when you're talking about Gore, there's going to be maybe you might look at a, you know, a 20 yard run, but I don't think we're going to see him taking it to the house from the, the 20 yard line this season. But things, stranger things have happened. Uh, moving on, you obviously talked a minute ago about Dwayne Allen 
going I want to lump him in with the three wide receivers that we're looking at Hilton Moncrief and Dorsett and you know a lot of people are talking up uh, Kobe Fleener and it's interesting to note that the Colts didn't really make much of a move to keep him and I'm not the biggest Wayne Allen fan but obviously in-house there must be a reason why they have uh, a lot of faith in him he's obviously a lot better blocker but as it comes to catching the ball I think Fleener might have the upside there looking at everyone in this group uh, who are you targeting out of those four guys uh, definitely Dante Moncrief. Yeah, I mean, the numbers, uh, yeah, you know, the numbers really bared out that last year when both he and Andrew Luck were on the field, last season he was a stud. Uh, it was Dante Moncrief who I believe led the team in catches uh, when Andrew Luck was quarterback last year. And, you know, I was really surprised when the Colts took Philip Dorsett last year in the first round because – they already have T.Y. Hilton, who they ended up paying very good money to last offseason in an extension. And Dante Moncrief is a starting a starting wide receiver, too. I mean, he, he is a very, very good player. Uh, he's big. He's fast. He can run. I don't want to oversimplify it, but you got those few traits, and you got a chance to be uh, pretty productive in the NFL with an excellent quarterback. Um, I think Dante Moncrief is the guy that I'm targeting. I think the value is clearly there based on average draft position. That isn't to say the other guys won't be useful, but to me the value play and maybe even the upside play is Dante Moncrief. Yeah, no, I think that we may finally see this season, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, we, we may see Moncrief really surpass Hilton, at least statistically. I think he's the better overall receiver. I think he adds more to the game than Hilton, who might be a little bit limited. Obviously still a great talent. Um, but I think Moncrief is more of a guy that, that is a better overall or all-around sort of wide receiver. But I, I want to see what you think about that when comparing the two, but then I want to move on to, uh, to a topic I'm very curious about. Yeah, I would say that uh, Hilton, to me, is still a slightly better talent, and I think the, um, you know, the production for Hilton, like if you were to say who's got the better path to 12 or 13 or 1,400 yards, to me it's still Hilton for this reason. Um, Moncrief's a fast dude. T.Y. Hilton flies, you know. He doesn't necessarily need 80 catches to get 1,400 yards. He could do, or, you know, he might not need, I shouldn't say, he might not need 90 or 100 catches to get there. He can probably do it on 75 or 80 catches. Uh, he's just got that kind of rare speed. Um, but hey, what, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not going to be an easy task for anybody who's having to defend this passing game in the AFC South this season. Yeah, definitely not. And moving on to another team in the AFC South, we have the Houston Texans. Uh, they were the AFC South champions last year. They made some big splashes in the offseason on their uh, on their offensive side. They went and signed uh, Brock Osweiler. And then they made probably a move I'm one of the biggest fans of, I would say, out there. I, I can't bang the drum enough about this guy. That's when they went out and they got Lamar Miller from the Dolphins. They gave him good money. I think it was a four-year deal over $20 million. Um, and I don't think it's a penny wasted. Um, I, I think that he's in such a terrific situation where we saw Arian Foster, when healthy, excel. They have a better offensive line and arguably a, a, just a better overall coaching staff than what he dealt with in, in Miami. And I think this season, especially where they didn't even really add much more, they have Alfred Blue um, Tyler and, 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 and and you know Tyler Irvin as well. You know, there's a guy; he's a speed back. But I think Lamar Miller is, is really a guy that was underused, and you're going to hear that from 100 other people as well in Miami. And I think now in Houston, he's going to be a guy that, that's going to be a workhorse. He's going to be a guy, like you talked about, who's going to get 200, 
150, 275 carries. I think his ceiling in fantasy this year, he could be a top three back in all scoring formats. But it, please tell me I'm right. But if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'd love to hear why. But I, we both know. I, I hopefully I'm not wrong at least. But I don't. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think the upside. You know, I don't. I, I was sort of. I, I kind of go back and forth in the upside conversation, right? Uh, because it's it's like you know, upside. Everybody has a certain level of upside, right? Like, how many guys can we make the case for that have top three upside? Adrian Peterson, obviously. David Johnson. Todd Gurley. Lamar Miller. Sean McCoy. Devontae Freeman. Le'Veon Bell. Like, all these guys have top three upside, right? So, um, I sort of – I don't know if I would say – like, I don't know if I'm forecasting Lamar Miller to finish in my top three of running backs this year, but I am on board entirely with uh, the sentiments about the signing. This is a player who – was rarely used as a full-on workhorse in Miami. Um, for some reason, they were reticent to l- lean on him for 20-plus carries a game. Uh, but in Houston, where despite finishing fifth in yards per attempt last season, they still ran the ball the fifth most times uh, in 2015, Lamar Miller is probably going to get, you, see, you just mentioned it, 250 or 275 carries and... The Texans learned this the hard way last year when they played the Dolphins and got waxed by them. Lamar Miller doesn't need many touches to make the most of him. He ran for what felt like a million yards against Miami in a game last season. Yeah, it definitely did seem like it. And uh, I think that game was that. I can't remember if they were a lot ahead or a lot behind at halftime in that game. But uh, going to the the next position group, it's uh, going with wide receivers. And if you're looking around there, you've obviously DeAndre Hopkins, who everyone rates uh, as a first round pick this year, then behind him. There's uh, Jalen Strong, who was a rookie last year, going into his second year, and then two rookies behind him, Will Fuller, and then Braxton Miller, who's more of a long-term project. I guess, again, I'll throw the tight ends in, and it's Ryan Griffin, and if you want to put in J.J. Watt. So I don't think there's anything at the tight end. So we're looking at, you know, for their skill positions, running backs and uh, wide receivers. But is there any of those players outside of DeAndre Hopkins that interest you uh, as a pass catcher? They all interest me, but they interest me more as lottery tickets because I don't. I think there's a pretty good chance that one out of those three wide receivers you mentioned, whether it's Will Fuller, Jalen Strong, or Braxton Miller, probably not Braxton Miller, but maybe between Will Fuller and Jalen Strong, I think there's a chance that one of them will be good for 50 to 65 catches this season. I'm just not confident that I know which one it is. Um, this passing game, you know, I think there's sort of this fun um, conversation to be have to be had excuse me about the value of brock osweiler you know he's a player that obviously got paid a lot of money but does anybody know how good of a player brock osweiler really is um we're figuring out obviously tonight or sorry this season uh with houston it won't take us long to figure out what kind of player he really is but they paid him big money they're banking on him and if he is a if he is actually an 18 million dollar a year quarterback this offense is going to be crazy good yeah, it's, uh, that was my next topic was to go on to Brock Osweiler. It's very hard to see. You know, last year we've seen him in limited action, and we talked about how poor Peyton Manning was last year. Brock Osweiler in quite a few spots wasn't all that much better. Um, is he somebody that you think has much upside, you know, where he's going in drafts at the moment? Do you think he could break into that top ten this year? It's just something that I just can't really see happening. But I guess if he's thrown to yeah. Hopkins, he's going to have weeks where he's going to be in that you know, get three touchdowns and 300 yards, and he'll have his weeks, but uh, consistency, I don't see it being there. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know that I see him finishing in the top 10 or really anywhere close to there. I want to say I have him like 25th in my yeah. quarterback rankings right now. i the top 15 at the moment. Yeah, I just yeah. think there's so much depth at uh, you know at quarterback this year. I mean, you've got guys 
that are outside of the top 10 and by quite a decent chunk, whether it's a Kirk Cousin, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, like so many guys who you have a pretty good case to make that are going to be easily better uh, than Brock Osweiler this year, who I think you can get better value for. I just This is the year, by the way, you know, as I, and I think a lot of us in the fantasy community feel this way, like just waiting your quarterback. You're going to get a guy who's really good, really, really late. Yeah, no, so, so uh, you know, obviously, you know, I think we're going to go towards a team now in the AFC South where besides, I would say, besides Andrew Luck, he might be the best quarterback fantasy-wise in the AFC South. That's uh, Blake Bortles in the uh, in the Jaguars. But more specifically, I think the question I have for you, and, and I'll, I'll give you my take real quick, and, and calm knows I'm always quick with how I talk. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have a situation where, uh, you know, we had uh, T.J. Yeldon. He was a second-round pick out of Alabama last year. Uh, you know, he played a decent amount. I think he got close to 250 touches, if not over that. Um, you know, he missed some games, but he also was uh, limited by his touchdown. I'm going to use upside here because he only got, I think, like three or four total touchdowns. Um, but then, you know, we go and see them spend big money on Jets free agent now, you know, Jaguars running back. Chris Ivory. They spent, I think, five years, 30-plus million on him. So we talk about the, the Lamar Miller deal. This is even more money, I think. So I guess what a lot of people are trying to figure out is who is the guy to own? Who is going to end up better? And I, I'll just give my take real quick. Again, I've, I've already spent like two minutes talking. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a situation where Yeldon, I think, offers more in the pass game, and I think he might be more that third down back. But I think, you know, he'll also get some touches on the first two downs. But I think in terms of getting touchdowns, getting some real rushing yards, I think we could see more of Chris Ivory in, in that game where he's a, a two-down back who plays some third downs because he did do pretty decently last year to the start of the season with the Jets. But also he'll be that goal line back. So if I had to pick a guy, I would say Chris Ivory, except if it's like really, really like heavy PPR where maybe it might be Yeldon, but I want to see your take in general on how to approach the Jaguars running backs in 2016. Yeah, the approach is like tread lightly. You know, I don't think you really want to make a major investment in either one of them. I want to say in my ranks, I've got Yeldon somewhere around 28 and Ivory somewhere around 33. And I think this is an important point to make is I, I truly, really don't believe that when we rank players either for the season or for the week, we should rank them one, two, three, four, five, all the way down to, let's say, 50 or so for wide receivers or 60 or so for running backs. Um, I really think you need to be doing these players in tiers. Yeah. Um, because what what am I really telling you if I have Chris Ivory five slots behind T.J. Yeldon? Like, do I think that Chris Ivory is going to be 10 points worse than T.J. Yeldon this year, which could mean that he gets one less goal line carry or has one less breakout run. I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't studied and thought about the Jaguars running back situation, but I can't tell you for certain which one's going to get more work. I think the way you lay it out makes a lot of sense. TJ Yeldon's a better athlete. He's a better receiver. He's probably going to have a better shot at 40-plus yard runs. But Chris Ivory's going to be a grinder. He's going to get some touches near the goal line. They're going to make up for that lack of, or, you know, the, the maybe slightly less explosive player that he is than TJ Yeldon. I think this is not a do-not-draft situation, but the Jaguars made the move for football sense. For fantasy football sense, it's hard to figure out exactly which running back you have to or should own. 
Yeah, I agree there 100%. And I think I've been summing it up this offseason as TJ Eldon's going to get the work between the, the 20s, but Chris Ivory, I think, will get the work then inside it, so it kind of cancels each other out. Uh, Doug, you mentioned that this team might have uh, the second-best quarterback in this division. I, I thought then you meant you were going to go to the Titans and talk about Marcus Mariota, but to put Blake Bartles in with the wide receivers again, and obviously Julius Thomas is there, and he struggled at the start of last season uh, with that hand injury, I think it was, and then didn't really get into to much of a stride in season. But pulling all the wide receivers together, I think it's... Uh, you know, I think they make Blake Bartles rather than Bartles as a, a player. I think Bartles is great for fantasy, but I think when you watch him playing in, in real life, I'm not I'm not a big fan. But uh, Alan Robinson, even last week in preseason, we've seen what he can do. We've seen how he broke out last year. And then Alan Hearns, we kept thinking last year he was going to just slow down, but he kept, uh, I think he had a run of, was it eight touchdowns in a row uh, in consecutive games. And then Marquise Lee, who never can seem to get onto the field, and then Rashid Green is behind him. Um, obviously Keenan Allen somebody in the first round a lot of people might be starting to target but uh, the rest of those guys catching the ball and then you've mentioned the depth uh, at quarterback so I think we kind of know your take probably on Blake Bartles but with the guys pass catchers and Julius Thomas at their current ADP uh, is there any of them that you're jumping aboard? Yeah I think of the wide receivers in Jacksonville the ones that I'm most intrigued by and I'm just not going to overthink it it's Allen Robinson Um, he's clearly the best player we all know that much he's a special talent Alan Hearns is a really good player. He got paid like a really, really good player this offseason. But it's just really hard to dip, duplicate the touchdown production he had relative to his catches. I know it's really hard to duplicate 14 touchdowns like Allen Robinson had, but Allen Robinson's probably still going to catch 80 passes this year. So even to get to 80 catches and 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, that to me is more likely to happen than Alan Hearns is to get, you know, to repeat. Like, I think there's a chance that Alan Hearns is more of a 50 catch, five touchdown player this year, uh, or 60 catch, or somewhere in that. You guys know what I mean? Somewhere in that range, somewhere 50 to 70. Julius Thomas is fine. I think we know he was a better player in Denver when he's playing with really good guys around him. Um, I think you're, you know, I don't have a hard and fast answer, but I liked your, your thought about Blake Bortles. I think it's a thought provoking thought as to whether Blake Bortles makes the players uh, more so than, or makes, is it the offense around him? Was it the circumstances of the game? Um, The fact that they were seemingly always down by a lot of points, or what was it that made Blake Bortles so productive last year? Maybe, maybe we have a much better picture of what Blake Bortles is at the end of this season. Yeah, no, and I want to clarify because I'm going to look bad otherwise. Um, when I said that Blake Bortles is the second best quarterback in the AFC South, I meant fantasy wise. I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, I think that when you look at the numbers, I think he uh, led the league in interceptions. He had under 60 percent uh, completion percentage, and uh, he also took a lot of sacks as well. So um, I want to clarify that. Uh, we'll let you out with a dog. You know, okay, phew. <laughs> Uh, but moving on to the Titans, now we can talk about you know Marcus Mariota. I'm going to steer away for that for a second. It has something to do with him, obviously, but I want to take a look at these wide receivers a little bit further now. Now that Dario Green Beckham is with the with the Eagles now, um, I've been beating the drum for a while now, like Lamar Miller on Rashard Matthews. I thought he was a pretty. I think he did pretty well last season with the Dolphins. I was really hoping he would go to you know the Patriots. I, I think you and I feel. Uh, both felt that a little bit. You can be honest here. Um, and, you know, it, we see him now where he might be that number one wide receiver for them because Kendall Wright is still not practicing. He's still dealing with an injury that is nagging, and it, it's. It, I guess it, it looks like it's been 
ticking off Mike Malarkey a little bit. And it's not good because he's struggling. He had a really good 2014, I think, and then just struggled last season. And then we have guys like Tajay Sharp out of UMass, who's done really well for himself, but I don't think we're ever going to project him as a number one guy. I think he's limited, but he's done really well so far. He could be a number two guy. But behind behind them, you know, you look at maybe Trey McBride, Andre Johnson. There's nobody else really that I think is capable of taking the number one responsibility. I'm not saying that Matthews is a, a bona fide number one guy, but I think in terms of fantasy, he's the num- he's the best Titans wide receiver uh, when it comes to who's going to score the most points this season. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Yeah, I'd say first of all, I, you know, I don't care where these guys sign. I don't care if they sign in you know, <laughs> I, I meant, Tennessee I meant like, or. I meant like you and I. You know, we're from the the Boston area. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, I'm putting two and two together. No, I don't really. You know, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't care if he signs in Tennessee or you know, you know, Rio de Janeiro. It doesn't make it <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I think it was the Olympics. Yeah, the the point, uh, you know, the the point is is well taken though from a value standpoint. I think Rashard Matthews might be the best bet amongst Titans wide receivers. You know, really for the Tennessee Titans, it comes down to four guys for me in fantasy this year, and none of them play wide receiver. Uh, it's Marcus Mariota, it's Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry, and it's Delaney Walker. Yeah. You know, I think in fantasy there are a million ways to approach um, your roster, but. You know, a starting point is like it's okay to go with what you know. It's okay to go with the known quantities. And yes, Taji Sharp, or yes, Rashard Matthews, or maybe even Trey McBride could end up being a serviceable player for this Tennessee offense. But you know something? If you told me that you just wanted to stick with Delaney Walker because you think he's good for 90 catches this year, that's fine too. Because who knows if those guys are going to be good players or if they're going to be non factors this season. I don't have an issue with sticking with the known quantities, which is why I sort of gravitate back towards the two running backs and Delaney Walker. And I just think there's a chance Marcus Mariota, and I'm not breaking any news here, but I think there's a chance he could take a leap from not just good to really good, but good to superstar, super duper star in the next year or two. Yeah, well, Marcus Mariota has been one of my guys that I've been very high on for basically since halfway through last season um, you know I, I just think that the abilities there on the ground and my concern with them was the offensive line but they've put a, a huge amount of work into that we'll see if it gels together this uh, season and then of course uh, they've taken in two running backs to help you know if you look at the running backs they had there last year it just was a I know they still have Dexter McCluster there but he was arguably at the midpoint last season their best running back so that shows you how bad they were struggling with depth so you have DeMarco Murray and Derek Henry as you mentioned and then Delaney Walker you know you can't even know what you're getting with him over the last two or three years since he signed with the Titans consistency uh, you know he's going to pretty much catch everything that comes his way uh, I just think that out of that I'm looking at Mariota as uh, the target and then Delaney Walker the, again we're talking about the the Jaguars running back situation with the two running backs it, it's going to take a while for this to, to kind of filter out and if both stay healthy all season I think it's going to be quite a, a committee because I think they're going to want to try and get uh, the two years out of Murray that they've paid in that contract out of them is there anything else you want to add uh, field with those guys or um you happy with what we've done with the titans yeah i like working with the titans i just say that uh you know the titans are an easy target sometimes it feels like publicly but don't be surprised if they turn this thing around sooner rather than later yeah i've been this offseason i've been kind of talking them up and i kind of nearly be thinking i shouldn't be saying stuff like this publicly on twitter because i'm going to get torn down but uh, each and every time i look at the situation i just like what i see but Field, uh, before we just let you go, um, obviously ESPN said quite a quite a few days with the the twenty eight hour marathon with your your co host Matthew Berry. Uh, how did you uh, get over the situation, and uh, have you been talking <laughs> been talking to Matthew since it all wrapped up? 
I tell you what, guys, um, I, I tip my cap to Matthew and to Adam Schefter, both who did 28 hours crazy. of coverage. Just incredible to do that. That is crazy, crazy cool. Um, and there were, you know, a million people involved in that operation that was so great to see all their contributions. Um, it, it was really a team effort. Uh, and Matthew and I, you know, I didn't have it. You know, I was not there for the full 28 hours. I was there for, you know, a good chunk of it. Matthew and I, he, he slept, uh, I, I think, at least a little bit on Wednesday, which is a good sign. But we were back at it again this morning with the podcast, and we are rocking and rolling because, as we mentioned at the top, we're just three weeks away from the start of the NFL regular season. Yeah, and, of course, uh, the podcast you mentioned, the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, definitely. I'm sure if you're listening to our podcast, you're already subscribed to that. Uh, definitely do check it out. You can get them on ESPN.com as an insider and, of course, on SportsCenter as well. It is at Field Yates on Twitter. Field, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on the upcoming wedding. And uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. looking to play some wagers this NFL season OTI has linked up with BetDSI the online sportsbook and I'm delighted that OTI and BetDSI have partnered up ahead of the 2016 season uh, towards the end of last season the 2015 year I uh, started to use BetDSI as my main sportsbook over many NFL seasons I've used a lot of different sportsbooks uh, throughout Ireland the UK and the USA and I have to say that when I started using BetDSI through the high rated reviews that they were getting online I thought that it was something worth trying out and since I've started Started using them, I have to say, I think the customer service is second to none. Very, very high quality, very quick, rapid response to uh, any queries you have. They have quick payouts. The lines are up at the start of each and every week, very, very swiftly, and uh, you can get your bets on straight away if you're trying to get advantage of those early lines. And with them linking up with us here at OTI, if you sign up to a new account on BetDSI.com, if you put in the code OTI10, they will add ten free dollars to your account, and you can place a wager. No risk wager of $10 on any of the games coming up. Uh, obviously, I like to bet on everything during the regular season, but during the preseason, maybe you want to see, give it a go for yourself, see how much fun the games can be when you have a couple of dollars on. They're giving OTI listeners a chance to make some money, see what they think of the product, and that is the code OTI10 when you sign up to BetDSI. Go do it. No risk, no hassle. You can get a, maybe win some money along the way. That is BetDSI.com and OTI10 is the promo code. I know some people don't condone gambling, it's something that I do enjoy, but I always think that you need to make sure that you have it under control, so for anyone that ever has any issues with gambling, there is gamblersanonymous.com. So that was Field, obviously, great having him on the show, and you know, he's somebody that has dug mentioned at the start of the show, it's been, uh, you know, big fans of what he does at ESPN, so no surprise that we both really enjoyed having him on there. So, Doug, getting into the NFL news of the week, we're just going to speed through them. You know, DGB was traded uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles from the Tennessee Titans, you'll be talking about in a little bit as well, uh, for offensive lineman Dennis Kelly. Uh, were you surprised at it? And um, any takeaway other than DGB is obviously not getting his head focused on the NFL quite like the Titans would have liked? Yeah, I mean, it's not... I think it was just a matter of... Everything we've read so far since Mike Malarkey came in, John Robinson came in as well. Um, he, DGB hasn't done that well. No. You know, he, you know, he. I think he came in overweight a little bit, and he struggled learning the playbook a little bit. Uh, obviously, an athletic freak. You know, he, he he's got big play potential, but he just it was a different regime, um, and you know, he just wasn't learning, and he was behind a guy like Tajay Sharp. Uh, who, you know, was, or I think he was a 
hashtag small hands. Um, so, you know, I think it's more so shocking what the what the Titans got for him. Yeah. Because I, he was a second-round pick last year, and they traded him, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, for a reserve offensive lineman. So it's a little interesting as to how much they got, uh, but I'm not so surprised that the Titans just gave up and, and tried to get something for him. Because believe it or not, they may not have, like, a superstar wide receiver, but they have some decent wide receiver depth that can get them by at least this year. Yeah, and usually somebody with that kind of raw talent, they, they do give that opportunity because those big plays can be there. But it was kind of like a jack-in-the-beanstalk trade, uh, traded him away for some magic beans called Dennis Kelly. But uh, next up, Aaron Foster could return in Friday night's action with the Miami Dolphins. Um, other than he will possibly take a couple of snaps, just no big news there. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's it, it's a, a big thing at all. It's it's preseason. You know, we we expect for something like this to happen, and I, I think it'll be made much more of a bigger thing than than it should be. But hey, you know, we got nothing else going on. Not there was uh, Doug's one-word answer for that one. Uh, Bruce Arians was in hospital at the start of the week. Obviously, he's been released from hospital since. Uh, obviously, we wish him uh, to be well for the rest of the season. John Brown, though, is not well as of yet. He's still in the concussion protocol after we talked about it last week. Uh, somebody that I'm targeting in a lot of fantasy drafts, um, you know, even still, and hopefully he can clear that concussion protocol. Once it goes over that one week, sometimes you tend to worry, but maybe it's just a case of uh, saving him uh, out of the preseason action. Another positive bit of news uh, coming out of the Cardinals is the Honey Badger was removed from the pup list, so uh, he's back on the training field, and it's great to see uh, you know such a talented playmaker back, and uh, he'll make a huge, significant difference to their defense compared to what we've seen it in the last uh, game or two of the playoffs last year. Uh, Jordy Nelson off the pup. We talked about the other news, probably not being that much, but it's good to see Jordy, uh, you know, back on the on the playing field. No, it, it's a good sign after he, you know, was coming back from an ACL tear and he was dealing with some. Uh, I think it was soreness in his other knee, and people freaked out obviously about it. But you know, he's back. They were being very precautious about it, and he should go back to being a, a low end wide receiver one this year. I think he'll go right back into what he was doing with with Aaron Rodgers being that number one target for him. Yeah, I agree there as well. Um, there's word talk uh, talk uh, coming out of Steelers that Le'Veon Bell might uh, miss no games to start the season, something that I'll still be very surprised if it happens. His hearing is taking place this week, and there's been reports over the last week of him catching 50-yard passes and training from Ben Roethlisberger, so something to get fans excited about. But Le'Veon Bell, do you think there's any chance, even with this hearing, Doug, is there you know, rating it out of 100%, what percentage chance do you think that he misses no games this season? Yeah, I, I have to say it's pretty low at this point. I don't... I, don't, I can't I mean, believe they're Granted, this is an interesting situation. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. We've seen reports where the Steelers are are you know confident that, and also Bell that he can he can get out of the suspension. Where you know it's just a matter of again, it's something new. Where I think this is uh, an interesting again an interesting situation where he is he didn't fail a drug test. He missed multiple drug tests, and you know you would think that you know that would be pretty hard to overturn. You missed the drug test. There's no over. There's no way around it. But apparently, his cell phone or whatever the hell it is. Again, we go back to cell phones. Um, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Le'Veon Bell. All issues with cell phones. Um, but no, it's just an interesting situation. If he if he somehow doesn't miss any games or goes down to maybe even two games, I think he goes right back into the yeah, first round. Exactly. But I, I wouldn't. If I was drafting tonight, I wouldn't bet on him uh, playing all 16 games. 
uh, with the expectation that he he uh, somehow gets out of the suspension. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Zeke Elliott's back, uh, returned to the training field after that hamstring injury kept him out two weeks, so that's good news for anyone drafting him early. I've seen him gone number one overall in a couple of leagues. We had a Gronk injury scare for the Patriots at the start of the week, but uh, things I would imagine when <coughs> things come back after their preseason game that he'll be back out on the training field, just uh, precautionary measures seems to be. Uh, Ruben Randall is on the fringe off that Eagle squad you know we mentioned DGB coming over earlier there's no doubt uh, that that's not going to help the situation but I'm not surprised uh, Ruben Randall is always somebody I thought that has all the ability in the world but just doesn't really want to be an NFL player and we've seen that with so many players over the years you know you're not going to improve if uh, you're not putting in the effort and I think he's another one of those guys that just doesn't have the effort level required uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, missed a couple of games or has missed training session oh shit that was bad Colin Kaepernick's missed a couple of sessions this week uh, in training, or basically over the last two weeks, and because of it, uh, the 49ers have signed Christian Ponder. Does this move Christian Ponder up your uh, rankings in any any way, uh, Doug? Uh, I didn't even realize Christian Ponder still played in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't, but I, I, I guess it doesn't. The, uh, 49ers again. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt. I think this <laughs> just solidify. Well, I think, to be in all fairness, I think part of this is due to the fact that Thad Lewis went down yeah, with a yeah, torn ACL. Exactly. Um, but again... I'm all aboard the Jeff Driscoll train where I think that Jeff mm-hmm. Driscoll might be, yeah, there we go. It's puff and throw. Um, and, and it's, it's a situation where there's no solid quarterback option right now. It looks like from all indications, especially with Kaepernick not getting on the field, that Blaine Gabbert will be the starter. Now, again, I think the, the very obvious expectation is unless somebody, unless Blaine Gabbert lives up to his draft potential, being the 10th overall pick years ago where Kaepernick had, you know, turns back the clock, they're going to be taking a quarterback next year. So, you know, in a Chip Kelly offense, it's always worth monitoring a quarterback, but it's it really doesn't make a difference. I think Blaine Gabbert's all but won this job, but I don't think he'll be more than a low-end quarterback, too. Yeah, he might win the job, but he won't be the starting quarterback come week six. Uh, Kaepernick will be back in there, I'd imagine. Um, and Joe Flacco's hyping up Mike Wallace, so all aboard that Mike Wallace train, we better get it started up. Uh, before the season starts it's uh, it's been off the rails for the last couple of seasons obviously I mentioned at the start of the show the tickets for the Boston College and Georgia Tech game coming up in Dublin do make sure you enter that and then I mentioned as well those uh, two promo codes OTI10 on both of those with BetDSI and NFL Euroshop so uh, get involved in those as well grab yourself some bargains and that $10 free bet is something that you could use uh, for the preseason action so Doug's on Twitter at NFL, and of course I'm on Twitter as well at Overtime Ireland so uh, Doug with all that done I guess all that's left to say is have a good one Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word This has been an Overtime Ireland production 